Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Liz Loza. I'm here with Matt Harmon and producer Brett. And we are heading into week three of the NFL season. Matt, you know people say this every year, and every year I kind of roll my eyes, but does this seem like the year that has more injuries than any other year? (laughs) I think this year has, it's kind of similar to, I think it was 2017 when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Um, I think J.J. Watt got hurt that year. Early in the year. Early in the year. And it kind of feels like that where there's a lot of big name injuries, you know, like especially to quarterbacks. I mean, if you think about it, Going into like at the beginning of August, we've essentially lost seven starters to the our guys that we there are question marks around like seven starters that we would assume you know Luck, Foles, Ben, Breeze, Cam Newton, Eli Manning got benched, um, and then there's one more that I feel like I'm forgetting, but you know there's like six or seven starters. Are that, you talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick? I well, I actually I wasn't talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick, but yeah, he's also. Out of a job, but does anybody Sam Darnold really... you're missing. Oh, Sam Darnold's that's the one nine. I... Yeah, that's the one I'm missing. But I guess I All wasn't right, really counting Fitzpatrick. Well, ring the bell, because it is the chosen Rosen's time in South Florida. I don't think anyone's ever been happier, except for probably Josh Rosen and his whole family. I mean, are they really? Are they really I was being facetious. Uh, yeah. Thanks for proving the age of irony is D-O-A. Um, I almost spelled dead, but I decided dead on arrival. Dead on arrival is better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Let's do the quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger, everybody believes that Mason Rudolph is going to be the second coming, and assumedly so do the Steelers. Otherwise, they wouldn't have traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, or at least that's the narrative and the mm-hmm. line of thought. Yep. What are your thoughts on the Steelers? They're heading to San Francisco. They've got Nick Bosa and D. Ford on that line, causing a little bit of havoc. So he's yeah. going to have to make some decisions. And, oh, hey, I don't know if you know this. In addition to Ryan Fitzpatrick having gone to Harvard, James Washington and Mason Rudolph played together in college at yeah. Oklahoma State. Best friend narrative. Preseason yeah. narrative. Uh, it's almost okay. like Witten and Tony only nod at all like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, they didn't go to college together. Yeah, right, right. I think that... The inter- well, number one, you bring up the 49ers defense. This is, I think, actually a really good test for Mason Rudolph because I think them and the Bucks, which is ironic because they played each other in week one, those are the two most like surprising defenses to me through two weeks. The Bucks, I'm a little less hesitant to buy. I mean, they look good. The Todd Bowles redemption tour? I'm a little – the only reason I'm – yeah, I, I get it. Like in week one, especially against the 49ers, I thought – I think I even said this out loud as we were watching the game. I was like, this 49ers defense actually – or Bucks defense – Looks pretty good. Like they're flying around to the ball. They're especially, you know, that 
offense in San Francisco really gets guys in space. I thought the Bucks did a good job closing and getting guys on the ground there. Week two against Carolina, it's mm-hmm. hard to say because, like, they've got f- Daryl Williams out there playing left tackle. Daryl Williams made Shaquille Barrett AFC defense or NFC defensive player of the week. Give me, give me a damn break. Like, that was embarrassing. Cam Newton injures his foot and can't complete a pass. So, like... But do you remember last week, though, when I was like, they, he's definitely hurt. And we know he's hurt because they're being so adamant about the fact that he's not hurt. Yeah. That's a tell. Yeah, that is a total tell. So, um, but back to the Steelers. What the hell was I talking about? Right. The, the, the 49ers defense, good test for Mason Rudolph. The, the hard thing is here is like. Who's it going to be? Where are our expectations anyways? Because right. this offense has been bad through two weeks. They were actually better. I don't once... think they were bad. They were, we agreed upon, pedestrian. Well, they were bad in week one, for sure. They were, yes. And then <laughs> yes. In week one, they were, they were really bad. In week two, they actually didn't even really come alive until Mason Rudolph came in the fold. So you can kind of talk yourself in a couple ways here because, number one, I think our expectations for this offense in general needed to come down regardless of whether Roethlisberger was going to be there or not. But you also have to ask the question, where is Roethlisberger right now in terms of – I mean, I think he On was coming – well, yeah, <laughs> eaten somewhere. But I think in terms of like where he is at this point in his career, is he even that sort of elevating quarterback? Well, do you remember what two years ago when he was there was speculation about his retirement? I mean, speculation from him, right? <laughs> <Then he laughs> from the like source. The I'm retiring. dot com URL or something. Yeah, like yeah. Bought the you're right domain right. name. So I, I did see the report that said like, oh, I'm so bummed that I can't be there this year yeah, um, I, I think he basically saw Antonio Brown score a touchdown and he was like nah fam I'm, I'm out. out of here <laughs> no nah, I don't want to live through this I think he came into that game too with with this elbow injury. we talked about that on right. Sunday right. night's it's episode like that would have been nice to know I think it's interesting too that you can also say that Roethlisberger has really a, a lot of quarterbacks get to do this but I think Roethlisberger perhaps more than any other quarterback really gets to call the shots in the Steelers offense you know like Todd Haley gave him a lot of freedom. Then when he and Todd Haley didn't get along, <laughs> not enough. Todd Haley got booted. Randy yep. Fickner comes in. They become this very pass-heavy team. Is that going to change now that, like, is Randy well, Fickner going to be Antonio, the— that's also Antonio, part of the reason Antonio got booted, because he started improing routes so that he right. could have those high-value red zone looks. And Ben was like, you can't just do something different. Yeah. And there's an argument to be had on, on both sides of the ball, but— I think that now this you're right. You make an excellent point that this is no longer Ben Roethlisberger's offense. It is Fickner's offense. And he was he's an internal promotion. Like Roethlisberger wants you to go out there and win, you know, ISO routes, win one on one and get open. I don't the Steelers don't have very many players that can do that right now. Um, Dante Moncrief sure can't. I mean, even if he does get open, he's not catching the ball, which the offensive quote Randy Fickner even said today. He's like, I I had a coach tell me a long time ago, you need to put the receive in the word receiver or whatever. Hands can't be taught. Yeah, right. Whatever. So Moncrief's bench. James Washington comes in. Washington can't really beat press coverage or get open against tight man coverage on his own. We know Juju Smith-Schuster can't do that either. Mm -hmm. So maybe if they start to scheme more players open, that could actually end up being good for all of these these receivers. And also, it might help if they transition into more of like a 55-45 run-to-pass ratio or, you know, pass-to-run ratio as opposed to like being almost 70-30, which they were last year when they led the NFL in the pass ratio. And I think they're going to have to be more creative, which is the point I think you're trying to make. And they're also going to have to therefore use Jalen Samuels more, especially if James (sighs) Conner is banged up. He's hurt, yeah, right. This whole offense to me, I just think like, 
I am definitely interested in James Washington this week. I'm definitely interested. I don't know that I'm playing Mason Rudolph like in DFS or anything like that. But For what it's worth, he's like a top 25 ranked. He's like the QB 24-ish sure. Uh, in terms of the Yahoo consensus heading into the week. So just just for reference. Yeah. Overall, I just I think this game is really interesting. And I'm 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 not totally sold that Mason Rudolph is going to be terrible, but I don't have like a strong conviction only because he's getting dropped into what I think is actually a pretty non-ideal scenario in terms of the weapons around him. Let's talk about Drew Brees. All right. All right. So Captain Drew Brees out. He gives everyone a big thumbs up post-surgery. Cool. They love it. Teddy Bridgewater. I just want to talk about this really quickly because there's all of this talk about, well, this was supposed to be Teddy Bridgewater's offense, right? Yep. He was the heir apparent. It's the highest paid backup in the NFL. And I know from a source that he was offered the job in Miami. This was pre-tanking official uh, where he could have been the starting quarterback. They showed interest and he wanted to learn behind Breeze and and take less money and, and be a backup. So there's been promises made. But Taysom Hill comes in and people are making these wild Steve Young comps. Yeah, that which is crazy. Sure. But this is what's happening. It's what's happening. Um, yeah. And so there's I mean, I think we may be heading into a full blown QBBC. Yep. But also, part of me thinks, well, Sean Payton, like, you have an ego. Mm -hmm. This isn't news. People believe you to be one of the most creative offensive minds of our generation, right? He was Sean McVay before he was before there was sure. Sean McVay. Sure. Right. Circle like, of Sean. You can't have uh you don't get Justin without Jordan. Take that for a boy man ref. <laughs> um so, so absolutely right. So don't you think Sean McVay is also gonna be like, I have chosen Teddy. I'm going to scheme for him. I am going to make this happen. That is an if I can do this, holy cow. On the other hand, we also know that he likes shiny toys. Shiny. We know toys. he likes Taysom Hill and all that. But too. what if but you can't you like using him as a gadget? And if he becomes your quarterback, then you're not gonna risk an injury to him when he's being used as a gadget. I think one thing that's interesting about Taysom Hill too is that like if they want to like have him be the guy. He's like sneaky old for a back. He's like 29 years old. Yeah. Um, it's got to happen. It's got to happen at some point, right? So I like Teddy Bridgewater. I appreciate I appreciated him when he came into the league, but he hasn't been good since the injury. But he hasn't had. And even before that, was he was average. Like Bridgewater. He's a former all pro. Teddy Bridgewater, no, all pro. I mean, he was a he was a fine starter that was never in like a great great situation. So. I maybe he's, I would say he's an above average quarterback. Um, and I'm sorry, a, a former Pro Bowler. Yeah. he was a former Pro Bowler. I mean, when did he get into the Pro Bowl after like five guys dipped out? Probably 2015. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and say he was. But I I also think that nobody has given him. He's in New Orleans, but I, he did look cold when he entered for Breeze and looked bad in Week 17 last year. Admittedly, with backups on the roster. If it's if it is an excuse to say when someone looks good because starters are on the roster, then it is a opposing defenses. Yes, roster. I agree. Then we have to I agree. qualify it for the offensive players as well. Fine, but Bridgewater came in cold. He hasn't been getting reps with the first team. Like I get it. I almost said McVeigh. Peyton is gonna uh, is is going to scheme for him anyway. I think from I found an interesting stat, and that was that Alvin Kamara, even when facing stacked boxes, averaged four point five yards per carry. Mm -hmm. So the thought, and I agree that maybe the ceiling is quote shaved off a little bit. The thought that Alvin Kamara is gonna like throw up on himself is ridiculous oh, no, here. Yeah, and I mean I think this is what is this is what's good news for Teddy is that like or 
the point I want to make here is that like I kind of want to see Taysom Hill start at quarterback for this team. Ugh. I know that's gross. I feel some people like to see it. the world burn. I just think you know for these teams, all I ask is be interesting for all of these beautiful. Oh, and but you don't want to watch uh, TNF tonight. Oh, I'm watching TNF tonight. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm, I'll be right. Brett doesn't like when we reference the games that are going to happen. So, but Sorry, I'll be I just got a big it's sigh fine. from him. Whatever. I'll be. <laughs> I just got a big sigh. I'll be watching TNF. I watch. I watch every uh, stupid primetime game. But they're, they're like the, each the in- shade thrown on the Titans Jags tilt every year is so obnoxious because people want something interesting. Finally, these two teams are going to do something interesting. People are like, ooh, yawn. It's such a tired take. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful disaster of a game. I don't know what you like, just because they're not a they're not as aesthetically pleasing as all the other ones. I'm not the one tilting oh, no, on we're, it. We're, 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 on the, we're in lockstep here. We're on the same side. Yeah, I mean, this is not like, hey, at least Blake Bortles isn't a, a prime player in this game. Give me a break. Derrick Henry is one of the most exciting running backs in the NFL. Anyways, this game probably We can talk ha- about Jalen, too, but I don't know if Brett's going to allow us. It's going to be so great for the listeners when they're listening to this on Friday. That's a great point. Okay, right. but point being, I do kind of want to see Taysom Hill start for this team, only because I think it will be more interesting than Teddy Bridgewater uh, plays. That's fine. I think we are. To, I think we're both also in agreement that this is going to turn into a, a quarterback by committee well, situation. I also maybe from like a, a selfish perspective would like to see uh, Taysom Hill start a quarterback for this team so we can stop getting like multi-positional eligibility questions with uh, Taysom Hill. Oh, well, it's not my problem. I spend more time camped out in the Yahoo Fantasy mentions than you do. Yeah. Save yourself. <sighs> so and I think we are going to both be excited for this. How are y'all not talking about Kyle Allen? Yeah, I, I noticed that you're like in on Kyle Allen. Heck yeah. <laughs> he fits every a big arm, sneaky mobility. This is the type of quarterback I always end up falling for. Yeah. Also, love the narrative. Heading back to his home state of Arizona. Played with Kyler Murray. His uh played with Kyler Murray back at Texas AM before they both left um for different teams. If anything has gotten Kyle Allen in trouble. It's the fact that he throws a bunch of interceptions. But Jordan Palmer, his coach, um, his QB coach, Carson's little brother, has said that, in fact, Kyle has worked on that. And he's actually quite calm in the face of pressure. Uh, and the Arizona Cardinals aren't going to bring any of that. So no worries. Yeah, there's second. Also, I mean, people, are, well, oh, he throws a ton of interceptions. Cool, because Cam's like the most accurate quarterback in the damn league. Also, we talk about Teddy Bridgewater not playing well in that Week 17 game. You know who did play well? Kyle Allen. Kyle, Kyle Allen played. Liz, remember, we watched that game together at uh, I don't brunch. remember much of that. Yeah, I, well, I don't, I don't remember the game that happened that night. When I said I watched every <laughs> primetime NFL game, I meant everyone except <laughs> the Colts seven. and Titans in Week 17 last year because passed out on the couch before that one. But Kyle Allen wins the backup quarterback job over Will Greer, who is a stone disaster in the preseason. Cut. And then added back to the um, practice squad. No, Will Greer. Kyle Allen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I mean, like this year, he's yep. he's a clear cut backup, yeah. which is good. Greer looked a, like hot garbage in preseason. Oh, terrible. Your favorite? So, another one of your favorites? Very cool that they spent a top one hundred pick on a guy that's not going to contribute at all in a year that they wanted to contend. But not my problem because I'm a lifelong 49ers fan. Kyle Allen also the sneaky mobility. I think is the thing that nobody is talking about. He did rush for a touchdown in Week 17. So again, we got to throw those stats out because uh, New Orleans was rest, resting all of their starters. But he can do that. That is something that Cam used to be able to do and hasn't been able to do because of the sore foot. Arizona allowing an average of 309 passing yards per game over the past two weeks. They made Matt Stafford 
the fourth most productive quarterback in fantasy in week one. They gave Lamar Jackson top two numbers last week. Why Kyle Allen is just automatically being disregarded is beyond the matchup. If if we have to pretend to be matchup advocates all the time and do a little homework about the player's skill set, then there is no reason that Kyle Allen shouldn't be in the first 15 quarterbacks heading into Ooh, the week. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um, also, like all of the... Hon- He's got the damn weapons. I was going to say, all, the, all yeah. the honking that I did in the preseason and in the offseason for months and months leading into this year about this is the best offense that's ever surrounded Cam Newton weapons-wise, that's been 100% true. Like, all the things that happened. How many almost touchdowns did your boy Curtis... How many almost cigarettes did you smoke? I mean, I had to smoke a few of them just to calm down. I mean, on the 95 yards or 91 yards alone, like, he should have had, like, 170 yards in that game. Like, he's top 10 in the NFL in air yards. He's he's having the breakout year. DJ Moore is leading the team with 27% of the targets. He's catching seven balls every game. Like... Greg Olson looked good last week. Game. Yeah. And Christian McCaffrey obviously still doing his thing. So, like, the things have all happened. Again, unfortunately, their rookie left tackle, Greg Little, is still missing time with the concussion, which has put frickin' Daryl Williams out there. I'll, like, t- talk about a fraudulent all-pro, Daryl Williams, in 2017. Give me a break. But, yeah, so Kyle Allen's really walking into a really good situation here. So it wouldn't be surprising if he ends up being a pretty solid quarterback play this week. I've got a lot of questions about whether or not the – change under center affects negatively affects the positional players right like sure. the receivers and the running back i my answer has been it's not gonna get worse no no that's the like thing. it may like, not lift it but it ain't gonna get worse right i i totally agree and i mean i think you play curtis samuel this week i think you <laughs> yes. play dj Moore this week Throw against that secondary why not and they're cheap in dfs because they've cheap. underwhelmed this far yeah uh curtis samuel is 17 dollars in yahoo dfs and i will be playing him this week i don't know if kyle allen likes breadsticks <laughs> but I do know that Daniel Jones does enjoy walking around with a uh, a garlic parm breadstick between his fingers. Yeah. Um, that's new, the face of New York, Daniel Jones. Um, I mean, it's the same face. It, yeah. I would argue that it's like a slightly less good looking face. Right. Well, we know you have like a weird thing with Eli Manning. Um, What's oh, the thing now? Don't let the press know. Daniel Jones, though. I mean, it's so hard to say because obviously everybody comes in thinking he's like a complete dumpster of a quarterback prospect, right? But like, think Gettleman does a couple victory laps, (laughs) and and like he legitimately Daniel Jones looked great in the preseason. I mean, you can't, but again, it's preseason. I think the thing that's interesting about Daniel Jones in this offense now is, look, I've. Eli Manning's been like a corpse for three years. Uh, He hasn't been good in a long time. I don't know if Daniel Jones is good, but again, to the vein of like, I think he makes the more the Giants more interesting because he can run. He can, you know, get outside the pocket a little bit. There's Uh, the upside of the unknown here. Yes. And it's not like, I mean, they have the same damn coach. Yeah. Right. Like he has been he has been groomed as if he were a Manning. But but he's not. But he doesn't, you know, he doesn't play like Eli Manning does. Like he's. There's definitely a lot of differences in terms of style here. And Pat Shermer to the coach. I would say that just to your point, yes, but that matches the evolution of the position. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, And I think his current coach, Pat Shermer, has been much, much more interested in working with Daniel Jones than he is whatever's left of Eli Manning. Like, I think when you look at the Giants, there's a contingent, you know, the like Eli contingent, you know, John Mara, the owner, Dave Gettleman, mm-hmm. um, the GM. Even, Gettleman's kind of like in between both camps because like he sure wants to like 
swing it around for Daniel Jones and like show everybody how smart, how much smarter he is than everyone else. But he's also like an Eli loyal, loyal loyalist. And like he made the Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith comparison. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> and I think where Shermer falls down is that he's clearly a Daniel Jones guy. Like he likes Daniel Jones. He was ready to, he did, he did. He's like a fantasy analyst. He took the preseason victory lap when Daniel right. Jones is out there balling. And now if, if Sterling Shepard comes back, you know, having trouble clearing the concussion protocol, it, Evan Ingram is out there and he's been incredible. If golden, golden Tate is back in a, in a couple Two of more weeks, weeks, this offense isn't that bad. And like the interesting thing about Saquon Barkley too, is he's, the running back five right now in fantasy, but he's not doing it on tremendous volume. He's actually 11th in the NFL in touches. He's just been crazy efficient over seven yards per carry. He's also seeing a stacked front 41.4% of the time. Right. That's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. And I think Jones is going to at least open this offense up and give defensive coordinators some room, something else some to breath. think about, you know? Yeah. I think that's right. I mean, again, I think this is not the same, but the same answer that I would give. Does this hurt the Giants? No. Does it help them? It doesn't make them worse. It doesn't make them worse. Yeah. I don't think it can. I don't think it's a giant lift. We'll no. see. Unless, you know, Breadstick lights it on fire. <laughs> Breadstick. I mean, Manning's just been, he's just, like, he's just been a net negative for this team, like, for, three, like I said, three years now. Yeah. And which is unfortunate that. It would have been great to see like Odell Beckham with Daniel Jones and like. I mean, would it have? What, wouldn't we rather see OBJ no, with look, Baker? Come look, on, I'm not. I'm not saying that it'd be more interesting, but it. This would is be... the perfect offense for Daniel Jones. Like, I want a tight end who's going to get fed the ball, and I want one of these dynamic running backs with a do-it-all skill set, and and like no real field stretchers. Like this is this is the prime Eli Manning version of a team that's built in yeah. in New York a and. Like to bring back to Daniel Jones's college playing style, uh, we had his um, we had his college roommate and best friend Ben Humphreys, uh, Duke linebacker on rookie orientation, and he made the you know a lot of the same points of what everybody else had made about Daniel Jones. But I think it's even more interesting coming from a guy who actually played on the team too. That you know the number one thing that everyone talks about is how tough this guy is, and like that like he will definitely, you know, kind of stand in the eye of the storm, all that sort of stuff. But the the other thing, and I thought again, I thought this was interesting that another Duke player would do this through like all the teammates, you know, all he's like, we didn't have great receivers, you know, didn't got it. Everybody, guys anyone who ball. watched a Duke game could see that he was being let down by his receivers. Right. But it's just interesting that like a you know the one of the other teammates would say that. But the other side of the ball. Yeah. I would I think it again, in the Taysom Hill vein, I think this makes the Giants more interesting. And at the end of the day, that's all I can ask for from these teams. Right, well, things should get interesting, too, because we're going to have Andy Barons join us to discuss the rest of these injuries and their potential fantasy fallout. As promised, Andy Barons is here with Matt and I to work through all of the injuries heading into week three. But, but um, Andy, before we continue, tell us, how, how um, how's that Mitch Trubisky season going for you? Uh, I mean, we're one and one, right? I prefer to think of it as the uh, Eddie Pinero season. He's like the only <sighs> the only ray of hope that we have so far. No, Mitch has been terrible. Uh, Mitch has been like the worst version of last year's Mitch. Um, maybe Green Bay is going to be kind of a frisky defense this year. And eventually uh, Denver, which looks terrible defensively on paper right now, they're probably going to be a thing. But uh, it's hard to write all this off just to the quality of the opponent's. 
Um, I mean, he's been bad. He's been like everything that you hated about him last year. You know, if he, uh, if his first read wasn't open, he's completely lost. Um, that's, that's back, that's back. And it's, it's, uh, as bad as ever. So it's a little bit terrifying. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, Andy, but the bears, uh, passing offense, uh, is averaging 4.8 yards per attempt. Uh, their rushing offense is averaging yeah. 4.5 yards per carry. I think they're the only you know, team in the NFL that's that close to each other. They might be the only team in the NFL in like 30 years that's had <laughs> a number like that, right? Like there's a certain kind of Bears fan that's into it. Ugh. It's I'll spare you the details of some of the sports radio conversations that go on around here, but you know, there's a, there's a weird amount of and it maybe it speaks to what a what a nice and likable guy Mitch Trubisky is. But there's still a fair amount of hope that he's going to be a thing at some point. I don't know. I've kind of abandoned it. I know I'm putting you on the spot here and there really isn't much to suss out. But the Bears have Washington on Monday night. The projected point total per Vegas is 41 for that game. Any bold predictions or fantasy nugs you feel like throwing out? Like, is there anybody I would actually, you know, Throw I would start Brad's out. guy. I'd start. I'd start David Montgomery sure. in that game. There's nobody. There's nobody else I like in that game. I don't like anybody on the Washington side of that thing. Um, you're not gonna, you know, even with the current quarterback landscape, you're not gonna touch Mitch. Um, Allen Robinson is the only moderately trustworthy thing. So no, it's it's Montgomery or bust basically in that one. Right. I think Robinson has a good game because Washington secondary can't cover anybody. I mean, damn. Uh, I was getting excited about Devin Smith this week on Instagram, and uh, one of my buddies I went to high school with is a Washington fan. He said, I don't think you need to be getting excited about Dave, uh, uh, Devin Smith. David Questenberry, that Titans offensive lineman that scored a touchdown, could score a touchdown against uh, Josh Norman right now. So, like, I think he's I think he's appealing. Devin Smith has a nice matchup this week, though. You're allowed to be excited in one more oh, week. Don't worry. With yeah. that's, on the, that's on the line. <laughs> I mean, the, the rundown, list. All right, so let, let's just let's jump in there. Matt, go ahead and intro it. What the hell are we talking about? Michael Gallup being injured. Oh, yeah. So, like, Michael Gallup is, is hurt and stuff. Like, he's probably... You're welcome. I serve something <laughs> up to you. All you have to do is go. This is... Yeah, like, Michael Gallup is hurt. Uh, he's going to be out two to four weeks. He had a little cleanup surgery, which sucks, right? Because he's top five in the NFL receiving yards right now. He's over, I think he's at 226. But the good news for Dallas is, Andy, that they have depth, right? Like, Devin Smith, I think, is legitimate. That Randall Cobb is like he looks like he's turned the clock back at least two and a half years, along with everyone's favorite uh, NFL analyst Jason Witten. What what do you think about this? <laughs> like who's who's going to score all the damn fantasy points this week when they play the the hand Dolphins? Yeah, I was just noticing today that uh, Jason Witten's uh, Yahoo headshot. By the way, it looks it looks it's like a dead ringer for Adam Rank. Um, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. That's neither here nor there, but it shocked me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, it, it's such a, it's such a blowout of a game. It's such a, it, it's going to be a miserable watch, um, re- really, probably by the second half. I, I think you're right to say that Randall Cobb has turned it back like two years, two and a half years, something like that. It's not, it hasn't been special, but I think he could find. I mean, I, I think all Cowboys could find the end zone in this one, right? Obviously, Zeke is if he's not your number one quarterback, he's your number two. Maybe CMC is your number one. It's a blow up week for for Cooper. I mean, they, they, there should be another four touchdowns for Dak here. I don't see why there wouldn't be. I think that um, my, my bold prediction, which is not that bold, is that Jason Witten uh, finds the end zone for the third week in the in a row. I have him fearlessly forecasted for four grabs, 52 yards, which is quite high. That's high for Kurt, Jason yes, Witten. That is super. I was like, oh, God, it feels a little uncomfortable, but I just can't say 38. Um, I and, can't and believe score. the questions that I'm getting about 
about Jason Witten, by the way. Like the questions yeah. that are coming in on Jason Witten are crazy. It's it's as if I don't know. He's turned the clock back like ten years. Um, people are lumping him into questions with like tier one, like second round of your draft tight ends. Well, I just tweeted out. Uh, speaking of his Yahoo headshot, I just uh, tweeted out a screenshot of uh, me adding him in a league and say this is a cry for help. But like when you're like <laughs> me, when you, when you're like me and you drafted OJ Howard everywhere everywhere you gotta do you gotta have a contingency plan somebody shows you who they are matt believe them the first time the worst part yeah i have never heard that one before but uh like the worst part about the the oj howard thing by the way is that like all of the like the small small amount of people who were like yeah but you know bruce arians doesn't use a tight end it's like that's actually gonna be true now even though i'm not i mean i don't even know what bruce arians is even doing like you get you get coaxed out of retirement to like establish the run with peyton Barber, give me a break. Why, why is this what we're doing He's here? He's grooming, man. He's I grooming. think it's, it's part all, of a larger conversation. I don't think we, I don't think we like had a, a conversation enough about like you know Byron Leftwich is calling the plays here and like that didn't go very well in Arizona last year. So maybe that's the real problem. But that's not worse. Well, about. okay, okay. Let's get back to tight ends because another one is injured. David Njoku left Monday Night Football with a concussion. His wrist is all sort of messed up. He's going to be out for this game. So. I think maybe this is good news for Jarvis Landry. And also, if you're going to pick up someone, maybe Jason Witten is available to replace him. (laughs) Cleveland's offense is starting to thin out a little bit. You know, like Rashard Higgins missed last week's Mm -hmm. game. Callaway's Um, still suspended. They've got guys like Damian Ratley. And some someone that's not Duke Johnson, but another Johnson back there. Uh, it's like DeErnest Johnson or something like that, taking snaps at running back. Um, I'm I'm a little bit worried about the passing game in the Rams Cleveland matchup. Oh, because Goff on the road isn't that great, right? Akib Talib, we've talked about a difference maker in the secondary. So, I, I mean, I, I think everyone looks at this 89 yard touchdown that OBJ scored and was should have scored um, on Monday night last week and. They're expecting that to now become the normal, but I don't think that's going to be the normal in this one. And I don't think Goff is efficient enough while traveling to be relied upon. We're hearing uh, Kitchens talk about wanting to get Chubbs more, Chubb, not Chubbs, <laughs> trying to get Chubb more looks. I want to expand the Chubb role. <laughs> and, so, and so now I think we're going to have a bit of a letdown in terms of where the production is coming from. I was just looking at Goff, by the way, and it's a like it's a brutal recent game log. He um, I, I want to say has one multi touchdown game in his last 10. Uh, and and that's uh, that's getting reflected in my in my ranks, not only for him, but for uh, all of the wide receivers t- uh, tied to that offense now. Like that's it's been kind of quietly really sloppy. Yeah. Robert Woods has, been, has done nothing through two games. Cooper Cup yeah. obviously had that long catch and mm-hmm. run. Brandon Cooks had one big catch. Nice bounce back last week. But overall, yeah, this Rams passing game has been super disappointing. I think the sneaky play, again at tight end, is Gerald Everett this week. Higby is hurt. Yep, Higby's out, so he's not going to have to share. And again, there's there's the assumption that we're trying to protect Todd Gurley from goal line exposure. And that is an, a tight end, a nice big body near the end zone is something that I think Jared Goff can handle right now. So. It would be nice to see Gerald Everett actually do something at some point when everyone gets excited about him. Because I've, I've done it about three or four times now through his two-year career. Yeah. <laughs> so those are op- that, that Witten, Everett might be options if you have lost Njoku. Um, I, I actually am playing Everett ahead of Njoku in a big money league with my buddy James Roday. Um, so doing it, taking my own advice. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles because everybody got hurt on Sunday night. Deshaun Jackson is out 
for two weeks with a hip strain. Elshon Jeffrey got banged up in that game, too. Andy, according to your bold prediction, Nelson Aguilar is a world beater now. Yes, that's right. I, I think that was the exact <laughs> wording that I'd intended for my bold prediction. I mean, I think Mo Nelson might have Aguilar the is a guy. Yeah, he's a he's a guy who's like he's fourteen bucks in our daily game, right? That's ridiculous. Um, Eleven targets last week. He only had one game changing, soul crushing drop, so that's <laughs> good, right? Um, caught eight balls, hundred yard. I mean, like the volume just has to be there. There's there are so few other options. It's gonna be it's gonna be Sproles, it's gonna be Ertz, it's gonna be Aguilar. It's not great, but I mean, we're not gonna see Jeffrey and Djax for maybe two weeks. Um, so Aguilar, like like it or not, it's going to be one of those like Dwayne Bow, I guess, is my comp, right? Mm. Where like you oh. just you couldn't watch the games. You it, you just couldn't watch the games. You just had to accept the stats that came in because there were going to be like two or three moments where you're like, my God, man, wh- you dropped my touchdown. Um, yeah, you got to let it go because the volume is just going to be there. And he's you know, yeah, it's going to be like 16 points that could have been 24, <laughs> but you know what? Whatever, let it go. Take the 16. I think Nelson Aguilar like. Just it was that one like I'm kind of like a sneaky Aguilar guy, but like it was that one. That's because dr- you worked with Marcus for all those years. He no, accepted you. No, I was I was an Aguilar guy like coming out of school. I thought he was like per- perfect comp for him was like Golden Tate, but he doesn't do anything that Golden <laughs> <Yeah>. Tate does. <laughs> but anyways, like point being, I thought he actually. I mean, I thought he played really well outside of that one drop. And I think honestly, that drop was uh, actually just a little bit of payback for Carson Wentz, who like as soon as he came back on the field. <laughs> Tossed Aguilar like the most hospital ball of all hospital yeah. balls in the end zone. Um, but anyways, he wasn't even number one on the team in air yards. The take for me in this in this situation is that like everyone and I think like the fantasy world was kind of in lockstep about this. But, you know, Zach Ertz is going to regress because of like the other weapons that were added. Like that takes not Probably, a thing well, anymore. And Dallas Goddard's banged up, too. He's hurt. Yeah. I mean, the, the, that yeah. take is like not a thing anymore. Ertz goes out there, leads the team in air yards, has, uh, uh, I think, eight catches. So, yeah, I think that, like, that's the situation that we're going to see now. I think Ertz is, you know. He's a top two spot. A top two spot. He's a value in in DFS, I think, too. I think we have to throw out J.J. Arcego-Whiteside and Mac Hollins as names, especially for deeper deeper leagues. So, interesting stat via Ian Hartist, I believe. Hartist, yeah. Hartist, who writes a fantastic um, wide receiver cornerback matchup article for Roto World, pointed out that Darius Slay, had spent 23% of his snaps in the slot this season. So he could cover Nelson Aguilar if he wanted to, though it would seem a little bit nutty that Nelson Aguilar would command the coverage yeah. of a, a back like Slay. Um, otherwise, our Seagull White side would probably see most of Slay. Mac Hollins uh, would see Rashawn Melvin. Of the two, so I have a tendency to want to like Mac Hollins because I tend to like that profile of a receiver, like a but like a, a, you know, a size speed prospect, a t- hashtag team tall receiver. But our Seagull Whiteside was so damn good in contested situations. And knowing that Carts, uh, Carson Wentz isn't, I don't think he's fully healthy. Is, is he ever fully healthy? I know. <laughs> but, you know, I think I would lean towards efficiency over flash, which would mean Jaws ahead of Hollins in a pinch. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if everybody kind of gets on Aguilar and then like, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside has yeah. the big game because yeah. he's that he's a lot like Alshon Jeffrey, too, like very similar players, in my opinion, in terms of where they win. Which one do you like, Andy? That that really feels right. Like in a week where I have Aguilar going everywhere, it feels right for like Mac Hollins to have a uh, just an absolute <laughs> mm-hmm. blow up. That's probably going to happen. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think if I had to choose one here, it would actually probably be Hollins uh, as more of a, you know, big play flyer. So, right, that's it. Efficiency over flash, right? And you're going to choose the flash over yeah. the over the efficiency. But that's the call, dear fantasy football listeners and players, you have to make. And we've outlined it for you, whatever your personal preference is, if you have to make the choice, now you know the difference between them. Um, former Philadelphia Eagle, Shady McCoy, now a member of the Kansas City backfield. Some good news, his MRI results are negative, but he's still not 100% certain for Sunday. So we know Damian Williams is also... He's banged up. He's seen limping around today, Yeah, was the quote. So that would mean you'd be like, oh, I know I can elevate LaShawn. Nah, not so fast. This is an older back who, you know, for a long time feasted because of his speed. He's not healthy. That's going to limit him. So... It's awful last week, too, and hurt. Darwin Thompson, the rookie, remember, do you remember, dear friend Matthew, like three weeks ago when we all got tilted because everyone had drafted Darwin Thompson in the late rounds of their draft, and then the, and then Andy Reid was like, ha-ha, Shady's coming back, and then we were all like, oh, no, that was a horrible pick. What did I do? And now, three yeah. weeks later, life comes at you fast. This is why you should have been kind of stashing him all along. You don't want to go out, and we said this about Tony Pollard, don't go out and hate drop Darwin Thompson because yeah. you're pissed because like you spent you drafted a couple weeks too early and you spent the eighth or ninth round pick on him. He could easily be the you know the Alvin Kamara of this backfield that like two elders like one of the elder statesmen here. You know, LaShawn McCoy gets hurt being the Adrian Peterson from Kamara's rookie year, and then he's not relevant anymore. And Thompson ends up being a guy that you know you really want. I did our I do our pickups video every week, and I you know I try to give like one player that's you know. You don't just go down the scoring leaders page and be like, here are the players that scored the most points last week. You I don't pick think all whoever did up. that video last year did that. I don't I don't think so, but I think in other <laughs> out, other outlets, Liz, that, that goes on. Not here at Yahoo, where like great things happen, but at other outlets where sheep things happen, that's what goes on. So Tar- Ta- Darwin Thompson was that guy this week. What are your Darwin Thompson? I'm trying to find uh Andy where you ranked him. You ranked him uh fifty-three. I've made huge adjustments on the Kansas City backfield until we get like Friday's practice reports. Right. Um, but but I think the way it's trending is we can expect uh, McCoy to play. Um, but I, I fundamentally agree with you that we're not going to see McCoy have some sort of uh, magnified role. Like I think they've kind of found what they think the sweet spot is for his usage. And I I would just I would just be shocked if we have very many weeks where he's getting 20 plus touches. Right. Um, so I. I in all likelihood, um, Thompson gets elevated into the into the mid thirties for me. It, it it's not feeling like Damian Williams is going to be a go in this mm-hmm. one. So that's I mean that's obviously a huge win for for Thompson. Also, really tough matchup against the against the Ravens. Yeah, it's not ideal. Um, finally, do we have a finally? Marlon, uh, Mack. Marlon Mack. Oh yes, Matt is very excited to talk about Marlon Mack, who was heaving around his boot, but his foot was not in it. But now he's got a calf issue. Yeah. I, he's facing the Atlanta Falcons. He's facing the Atlanta Falcons, who we all know we want to smash running backs against because they. But why? Well, Liz, you see, over the last four seasons leading up to this year, they've allowed the most catches to running backs. It's a stat that doesn't often get referenced on fantasy podcasts. Oh my gosh, you really dug deep on that. I one. I really dug deep on that one. Yeah. So um, what would this mean for Marlon Mack if Marlon Mack were missing? And you would imagine Jordan Wilkins would work on early downs. And what does this mean for a little player named Naheem Hines? A literally little little player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Naheem Hines, I think, would be interesting in this game. the The only the only problem is like 
The Colts have really why I wish that Marlon Mack was healthy for this game because it is such a smash spot. Like the Falcons just have never been good against running backs. But it's interesting because Mack hasn't been used like despite the fact Frank Reich insisted he wanted him to be a three down back. He's been running routes. He just doesn't get thrown at. And I think the problem is that like the Colts offense has really changed a lot under Jacoby Brissett. Like they sort of have him in a pseudo game manager role. Like last year, they were leading the NFL in pass attempts. They were, you know, pushing for the lead league and pace per play. Um, this year, they're down in like the bottom, the bottom ten in terms of fastest pace. So it's it's an interesting spot that I wish we could see Mac play in. Um, but if not, I actually am not all that interested in like these flyer backs, like either Wilkins or um, or Naheem Hines. Do you have a preference of one over the other, Andy? I think Himes could catch, I don't know, it w- wouldn't shock me at all if he catches seven or eight balls in this one. So, uh, like, any sort of PPR format, he's a thing. I've Jordan Wilkins has had such a short career, and I, I feel like... Don't tell Andy he's Bear. Don't, me. He's, he's, some, he's somehow burned me, like, ten times, right? <laughs> that's tough. Like, I don't, know, I don't know how that's happened exactly, but I feel like he's, he's smoked me so often that I'm, you know... But it is a great... I mean, it's a great spot for a running back. I mean, uh, it's hard to get out of your head what, uh, what Minnesota did to Atlanta in, in week one and the possibility that that could happen again behind a really good offensive line. Yeah, Hines, too, just to... to boost Andy's point and take away from my own the pass catchers in Indy are hurt obviously with Funches mm. and they didn't really feature one guy that was just kind of a rotation after Funches went down I think those are all good points so keep an eye on Max's um, status when you're listening to this t- today if he doesn't practice on Friday today then assume he will be out and adjust accordingly um Andy let's talk about some matchups you are particularly interested in the Saints at Seattle tell us why and what you're looking for Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I have like this is one of those situations where I have no I don't even have any like wisdom about this game. I just feel like we're going to learn a lot um, and some big things on each side. Um, I have no idea what the QB situation is going to look like uh, for the Saints. Right. Um, Probably not exactly what we saw last week. Like Teddy, Teddy was just sort of treading water. Um, Sure. Seemed like he was zeroed in on Michael Thomas to the exclusion of everyone else, right? Like he was only looking for Michael Thomas. Um, It was weird. It's helpful if you're a Michael Thomas owner that like you can feel okay about his value surviving this uh, in some way. Kamara a little bit forgotten, uh, which was alarming. And obviously, you know, maybe Bridgewater with a week of practice, uh, with the actual starters on that team is going to make a difference, but, but certainly doesn't have the, the timing that Breeze and Kamara do together. So I'm a little bit worried about that. And then what is the usage of Taysom Hill? And is this any kind of like, we're going to see some fun, like, like bad college teams do where they rotate quarterbacks. That could be fun. Uh, we don't get a lot of that. Um, so that is a, that is a real possibility. And then on the other side, um, is Chris Carson going to have to pay for mm-hmm. all this fumbling? Uh, is a is a small worry that I have because Penny looked Penny looked pretty good last week. We know he's a good back. Um, yeah, you know it's just it's not that often that uh, that guys are allowed to fumble this often two games in a row uh, under any veteran head coach and and they survive it. So a lot to be illuminated in that one, Matt. You have circled interestingly. Interestingly, that's a word that keeps coming up. Bengals at Bills. Yeah, well, number one, I just want to make the point about the Bills offense. Josh Allen is, I think he might be good. Like, he's a great fantasy quarterback for one. He has, like, top 10 upside every single week. Um, Like, in terms of DFS and stuff like that, he can easily break, you know, break the slate. He's only 30 bucks this week. I think he has as much upside as anybody, you know, that is priced much higher. 
And because the Bengals suck, they're they're like that was a thorough and complete ass whooping that the 49ers, my 49ers, handed the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> last week. Like that, that there was it was not even competitive. I mean, on every in every phase, on every side of the ball. The 49ers kicked their ass, and I think it's interesting to see if the Bills, who are also like a tough physical team, could come in and do that. Frank Gore, $15 in Yahoo DFS, probably going to start, and like the Bengals can't stop anybody on the ground. I think he's a great play. Um, John Brown is not just like crushing it on deep passes. He's caught seven balls in each of the two games. He has like a 13.8 average depth of target, which makes him much more steady and consistent. I think I think this game could be fun on the Bills' side. I think there could be a lot of fireworks. And on Cincinnati's side, I want to kind of check in on Joe Mixon because he's averaging – the Bengals right now as a team are averaging 1.8 yards per carry. That's the lowest in the league. And I also want to see if John Ross can – you know, Keep it going. Your wide receiver one overall, Jonathan Ross. uh, He's leading the NFL in receiving yards. He's leading the NFL in fantasy points. Like, see if he can keep it up because the volume has been there. He's run more routes than anybody on the team. Um, I think there's just a lot to – I don't know about if I'm – you got to be kind of ballsy to play John Ross because this is a really good secondary. But I at least want to see if you can keep Maybe it going. Maybe he's the guy you flex if you're rolling out with Michael Thomas, right? Yeah. Like if you, you know somebody, if you know you have a player who, who's got a capped ceiling, then maybe you're rolling out with John Ross because you want the the upside dart throw. I had initially planned to talk about Giants at Bucks, but we kind of talked about that before Andy joined. So I just want to illuminate a little bit about Detroit at Eagles because I don't think anybody would have assumed that Kenny Galladay would be the player on the team that we were talking about and carry on Johnson would be the, t- the, the, the player who was being buried by I, the team. I took a big fat L on – I already declared taking the big fat L on Kenny Galladay, a player I faded everywhere this year. Right. Well, the matchups have been good, and the matchup's good again because <laughs> when you are – poor Darby, man. When you are trending onto – like I was at the airport heading to New York on that red eye and watching the game at the bar yeah. – and just looking at my phone on the same time, and I just saw trending Darby, and I was like, and then looked up at the TV and was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is not great. So <laughs> he should smash again in this one. Um, Galladay should, and I think he's $20 in Yahoo DFS. Like, could maybe Marvin Jones get lucky? Maybe. I don't know. But so far, Stafford, and this is uh, dated back to when Galladay was a rookie, Stafford tends to move towards Galladay in clutch situations. Mm. So he has eyes for him. And Carrion Johnson, I know people are excited about the fact that C.J. Anderson was cut, which would assumedly mean that um, there'd be more opportunity for Johnson. But the matchup, well, they added Paul Perkins, I believe. They have the great Paul Perkins, Right. Yes. So, like, so it's like, oh, you've undone yourself. And then also... <laughs> you've owned yourself. <laughs> and also the matchup against the Eagles is brutal because the Eagles' uh, run defense is rated, just for reference, number two behind the Baltimore Ravens by fantasy football... I'm sorry, by football outsiders, um, which is a, a like a DVOA statistics nerd thing. But anyway, <laughs> they're real good at what they do. So don't... <laughs> so trust it. <laughs> right. So don't mess with that. And then, yeah, on the Eagles side, we already talked about all of the injuries. So I think this one could be one of those, like... Sneaky, huh? Games like sound effect, huh? What? No. <laughs> what is the huh? I'm imagining game? a sound effect that I hear on another show and just like saying it out loud. Like I, I think this is going to be a game with a lot of like moments of ponder, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. Nope. Moments All right, Brett, you can cut that out. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it comes full circle. Moments of um, moments of ponder. Let's please. By Liz uh, let's um. 
hit some DFS talk before we get out of here. Andy, your guy, Nelson Aguilar, how much does he cost? This is the guy you're sticking with. Yeah, I threw him out there uh, earlier. He's 14 bucks in our DFS game. Again, coming off an 11 target game. There's just no way that he doesn't see double-digit targets in this one. Uh, I guess another game or another name I would throw out there, uh, Raheem Mostert is $13, which the, the I, I think is silly. Uh, his highlights were so good last week. They were so good. Uh, and, and it sure feels like he's going to get 14, 15 touches in this one too. Matt. Hit us with your Devin Smith love one more time because we haven't had enough of it. Devin Smith, over 18-yard uh, average depth of target, legitimately good player. I'm so thrilled that this is a thing. And if he doesn't score a touchdown against the Dolphins, then I might just walk into the ocean. In terms of players I'm fading, I, Andy said it earlier, Like I think I'm just going to stay away from this Seattle-New Orleans game, even though... Part of me thinks like DK Metcalf, you know, he's a guy who could eventually like, you know, win you a DFS tournament because he's playing so well and he's playing a lot. Lockett's playing well. Russell Wilson is not getting enough credit for how awesome he played last week, too. But with everything that's going on with the Saints, I really just kind of want to monitor this game, watch it and like see see what how Teddy looks, see if they're when they're going to finally turn it over to the GOAT Taysom Hill and uh, just kind of let that one ride and not, <laughs> not really play any of these players here. Uh, I already talked about Kyle Allen, who's only $20. And I put, I mean, if you start a $20 quarterback and he, I, like I said, I think he's going to go for over 285 yards and two touchdowns. That's QB 15-ish territory. If he does that, then you have so much more money to play with. And a lot of those wide receivers are only $20. So I like that construction. Also, Devonta Freeman, stop chirping about how bad he is. Look at his matchups. I know Edo Smith is frustrating, but this is the week that Devonta Freedom, Freeman, who was only $18 in our DFS game, bounces back. He's got the Colts. They've been bad against the run, real bad against the run. Um, I'm in on this take with you. Thank you so much. They've allowed four touchdowns to the running back position, two via the ground, two on the uh, through via the air, and LFG. Darius Leonard is hurt. That's right. That's the other point. Thank you, Matt. So I think he's going to smash this week, too, and everybody is discounting him. He's underlooked. If you want to play DFS, then you should enter our 500K contest. It is very exciting. You can go to yahoosports.com slash daily fantasy to find out more about it. But just know that there's only a $10 entrance fee and $50,000 goes to the winner. Who doesn't want $50,000? You know, I think it would change me if I had $50,000. So I would pass. I think it would change me. And I want to kind of stay true You're to myself. You're too perfect the way you are. Well, I don't know about perfect, but I think... That's what you're intimating. I think I'm solid overall, and, like, taking the risk of, like, maybe $50,000 would kind of... Ruin you. Ruin me and, like, you know... Send... You, could just, you could just shower Charlie with squeaky toys, though. Dude, that's going to be annoying for me. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Think Char of all of the pizzas you could hate eat. I could hate eat a lot of pizzas. But, see, that's literally going to change me. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, I could use $50,000. Let's be honest. Like... I don't actually know what I'd do with $50,000. I'd want to go on a vacation, but I can't because it's football season. You hate to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Andy, what would you do with $50,000? Well, you have a kid in college. I, I know yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I would, I would pay just a sliver of my daughter's tuition. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will be back on Sunday night with our week three recap. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF for at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And of course, at Andy Barons. Thank you, Andy, for joining us. I will be texting with you on Monday night because you know the big guy has Washington. So it's going to be contentious in the oh, Loza Bug yeah. House. Yes. All right. We are out. One. Two, three, four. 
Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.